Hi, I'm Heather, and you're listening to the Holy Hotness Podcast, where we're just striving for holiness even with the world and life being a massive hot mess. I'm really excited that you're here, so let's chat. Hi, guys. Welcome back. It's me, Heather. Um, Been a hot minute. It feels like it's been even longer than it has been. I had quite a couple weeks of um, podcast episodes, and I threw those out there, and then we had family in town, and it was my son's birthday, and December just felt like really lazy and slow, and I just tried to honor that. Um, You know, if you listened to a few, maybe six episodes or whatever back, I talked about kind of my mission and the reasoning behind this podcast. And I am just fully aware that um, this is not my job or my true calling or anything like that. It's something that's enjoyable to me. And it's also something that um, provides some value for some of my listeners um, who honestly have become like friends. And in an effort to like squash pride and vanity and all those things, I um, just really had to let go of the like numbers and promotion and marketing and how am I going to get this out to people and I need to have a schedule and all those things um, because I truly believe that if I say something that God wants somebody else to hear, he's going to lead them to the podcast. Um, maybe just to that episode, maybe to the whole thing, who knows? So I'm not like too concerned about this, like consistent content that would be like me in an ideal world, but I feel like December just becomes really depressy, depressy December. And so the way I kind of coped with that is being sure I was getting a lot of vitamin D, both vitamins and, um, actual sunlight, even if it was chilly. And just doing joyful things and then really frequenting the sacraments a lot because I just felt myself getting so stinking depressed. I'm looking for something. If my voice keeps going in and out, I'm sitting on it. (laughs) Uh, Pardon me if you can hear this dog outside. Pause. I'm going to go let him in so he stopped this shenanigans. Okay. I let him inside. I don't know what he's barking at. Maybe massive air force bombers that are flying overhead but he's acting like we're being attacked and we're not maybe there was a squirrel who knows uh but he's now walking around my bedroom and if i could just set the scene for you guys um i considered recording this like as a video and putting the audio up and also the video but then i thought i'm not wearing any makeup i look a hot mess And guys, we went to the trampoline park today and did all the things, (laughs) went to therapy, all that stuff. And when I came home, guys, I'm not even kidding. There is a pile of laundry on my dresser. There's a massive pile of laundry on my bed that I'm basically sitting on. Just a big old mess. I don't have like a tripod to put my phone up on. So I was going to attach it to like this fort building contraption that my children have. And I thought, this is probably just not in the cards for today. And I need to just move along. Anyways, so today I'm going to talk a little bit. um, 
I'm hoping to do like a little series on the virtues. And if you've been around here for a while, you know, I like to go like deep theologically, but then like practical and back and forth, back and forth uh, from everything from like things I struggle with in motherhood and wifedom is that a word? to, you know, dealing with depression and anxiety to my, you know, my suicide attempt story, um, something I've learned theologically or a truth about the church, like bounce all over the place because I'm a hot mess. I embrace being a hot mess. Um, I also don't like to like let myself live there, but I think it's just important to note the cat and the dog are about to fight. (laughs) Thank God the name of this podcast is what it is because I don't have to edit any of this messy stuff out. So anyways, months ago, I started doing a Bible study series on, um, it goes through the whole creed, I guess, is what the entirety of this Bible study is. And it's called, I believe, Blessed Conversations by Blessed Is She. We have like a group of women that meets on Wednesday night at our church's coffee house, and it's beautiful. Well, there were some of these that were just, the conversations that came out of them were just, there goes my Apple watch. Absolutely beautifully fruitful. Um, some of them I sobbed at, some of them I had these epiphanies at, and I just thought it'd be really nice to walk through those things. So I've got a lot of ideas of content. Um, the issue is just like, the, I mean, as this makes sense with anything, the more I'm in prayer and less on social media in the world, you know, uh, TV, stuff like that, the less I'm in that stuff the more I grow closer to God. And the more I grow closer to God, the more I'm like in tune with the Holy Spirit. This obviously all makes sense. So then when I plug this microphone in, it's like the inspiration comes. Um, And honestly, plugging this microphone in is such a joy. It's like therapy. Seriously, said it before. If you need therapy, can't afford therapy, buy a $20 microphone and just record yourself talking things out to yourself. It's super, it's kind of like journaling, but for somebody who hates their own handwriting. Anyways, uh, so I thought maybe for a couple of weeks we can go through, maybe even off and on, I might do like the virtue, you know, next time in two weeks or something like that. But I'm going to try to put it on a calendar and I'm going to try to hold to it. And I just kind of wanted to go over like what this study was. So it had the cardinal virtues and the theological virtues. So faith, hope, and love or charity, and then like temperance, prudence, justice, fortitude, those. And they were really, the conversations were really fruitful. And I just thought it would be beautiful to just kind of dive into those. So I literally 0% prep. Like I said, we went to the trampoline park this morning. We got there and my children, I was like, everybody needs trampoline socks. Make sure you have your sticky socks. Everybody, they all get in the car. We drive 25 minutes up to the very North of our city, traffic, all that. And I get there and I'm like, everybody has their socks, right? I've asked 900 times. And then they all go, uh, we have no shoes. So they had no shoes. So I carry them all into the trampoline park. We jump for two and a half hours. Then we get back in the car and we go to Chick-fil-A. The line is wrapped around the building. So I'm like, well, we'll just go in. I had to carry them all inside because they had nothing but socks. Then everybody had to go to the bathroom because what else is new? And then we 
had to go to occupational therapy. So I like zoomed down to south of our city to get two of my girls to occupational and speech therapy, which is a whole other podcast in itself. And I can't wait to talk about all that stuff that we've learned and all of our quote unquote problem child things that we're fixing. So stay tuned for that because it's gold, the things I've learned. And we get to occupational therapy and I like rush in there at 1.30 and I'm like, we're here, we're here. And I'm like, I'm here to check so-and-so in. And they're like, your appointment's at 2.30. Like, Ugh. So we went to the YMCA because it was five minutes down the road. We stayed there for 30 minutes, turn around and came back. Meanwhile, every time we get out of the car, I'm having to carry all four children on my back and my shoulders to get them in and out of this building. Um, that's a little bit of a lie. I just had my eight-year-old walk. I was like, you're too... <laughs> Too bad. Too bad. So sad. Remember your own shoes. He was like, remember, everything is so hard. Yeah, bro. How do you think I feel? Like, I've Two weeks ago at mass, we got all the way to mass. I'm in a beautiful dress. My hair is done. My makeup is done. We get all the way to the church. Guys, I was wearing slippers, like fuzzy, fluffy leopard print slippers. And I was so mad at myself. Yeah, remembering your shoes is hard. But also remembering your shoes and everybody else's shoes and their water bottles and everything you need and the homeschool stuff. Yeah, it's all hard. So bro, all I'm asking you to do is put some freaking shoes on when you get in the car. That's all I want. Anyways, I went to my Bible study last night. That was an, That's a whole other topic too. Um about the Magnify 90, which I would love to invite some of you guys in to do starting January 9th, uh, 17th. So I'm going to probably, maybe the next episode will be on that one because that one's time sensitive. And then the rest of these, we can just kind of like float through. But we had this beautiful meeting with our group about like what the next Bible study is going to be and what we're going to do for Lent and all these beautiful things. Wonderful. And then we stayed there talking until easily 11 o'clock at night. And I always plan on recording podcasts at the coffee house. But in actuality, I've never recorded. I've only recorded one at the, at the coffee house. And every other time I plan to record, I end up talking to people until um, 11 o'clock at night. So maybe I just need to come up with a new plan because it's clearly not working. So I'm going to read this little intro. A virtue is a tendency that becomes a habit to do good. And I think it's interesting to think about that. Um, my, my life is very consumed because I studied exercise science, health promotion, nutrition, athletic training. I studied all those things. And um, it, it's very interesting, like the psychology and the mindset of it, about how a virtue is only a habit that you continue to choose. So it's literally an act of the will. Like, you're not born this virtuous person, you know, and it's annoying when people are like, I don't know, maybe she's just naturally a good person or she's naturally a whatever. She's naturally an athlete. My daughter today, one of my son saw a cardinal and they, they say that cardinals are good luck. And I was like, no, guy, guys. Luck is really not a thing. Like there's either blessings or you work hard to something and you earn it. Like, yeah, maybe some luck could fall upon you. I don't even know. 
But it was, it's just interesting to think in virtues in that aspect because you aren't born somebody who is naturally good at being prudent or naturally good at being faithful. You have to continually choose it. And I think that's why this study was so interesting because there were even some of these virtues where you're like, well, choosing that is hard. I mean, obviously they're all hard, but even deciding what decision would be that virtue is hard. Like justice, when we when we were going over justice, it was like, but how do you tell if something is just or not? And then how do you tell if you're supposed to be the one like serving justice? You know what I mean? It was very, very interesting. So ultimately it says the goal of life of a life informed by virtue is to be like our perfect father. And what I kept coming back to in every single one of these studies is like, we can sit here and study these virtues all we want, study them over and over and over again. But if you are not living a life in prayer and constantly trying to get to know the father and get to know the son and get to get to know the Holy Spirit, if you're not living an active life, trying to be in tune with those things, you're not going to be filled enough with the Holy Spirit to be able to even discern which way is right. So then your your view of your choice is tainted even then because it's tainted by the world. It's tainted by media. You know, it's tainted by social justice. It's tainted by all these things. And it's like in the deep down of it, if I am not in close relationship with the father, then when these issues were like, I'm called to love somebody hard or, um, even the best example I can think of is we spoke about you're driving down the road. Okay. Me, I'm a woman. I have four kids in the back. I'm in a minivan and I stop at a stop sign and there's a homeless person there and they're asking for money or they have a sign or something like that. And you know that conflict where you're like, should I help them? I don't know if I should help them. I don't want to enable any bad behaviors. I don't want to, I don't, well, I don't want to give them something and really, you know, make them feel, make them do something that might like be a vice in their life. I, oh, well, I don't have any cash on me, but you know, eh, well, it's fine. And you just move on. In that situation, okay, we're called to charity for a person, but that's easy enough to say, I'm supposed to love that person the way God loves them. So pray for them. Absolutely. But maybe you're called to do something. Maybe. But also at the same time, maybe you're not. Maybe God knows that. Let's say this is, and I'm not being stereotypical. I've literally never had an interaction with a homeless person who's ever harmed me or done anything bad to me. But let's say this person might harm you. If you're not in tune with the Holy Spirit to feel a prompting and to trust that prompting and go on faith to do that or to not do it, then you can't charitably love somebody or fill a need that God wants us to fill. If you like can't even decipher the message coming from God, you know what I mean? Like how can you execute a message if you can't decipher the message? So I remember one time I was just so, I mean, I was, I, maybe it was Lent. I don't know. I just like my prayer life was great. I wasn't in secular media. I wasn't on social media. I just like 
burning with the Holy Spirit and like me and God are BFFs. I'm waking up early. I'm praying two rosaries a day, you know, like the holiest of holies, you know, not really. But I remember we went, we were in the parking lot of a Walmart and I saw this woman and she's standing there homeless with a sign. And the kids are like, mommy, this person's homeless. And I think to myself, like, surely God, I can't be called to help everybody. But for whatever reason, I knew we were called to help that woman. It was hot. So it wasn't Lent. It was hot outside. It must've been in the summer. And we were about to go to Walmart. And so I pulled up to the woman and I said, I don't have any cash, but let me know what you need. Give me a grocery list. Give me a list. And she said, she loves Lunchables. You know, she loves SpaghettiOs. She would need some spoons. Um, Gatorade, that it was really hot, whatever. So I went in the store with the kids and we bought her a book bag to carry her thing, an insulated book bag to carry her things in so she can keep like if she had anything so it wouldn't get scorching hot, even if it didn't need to stay cold. We got her sunscreen. We bought her a big bucket hat, um, a, a really small compact umbrella, a bunch of unperishable foods and crackers and things like that, water bottles, and then like $20 in McDonald's gift cards, which super against McDonald's don't think it's healthy, but $20 will go a really long way. And you know, they're not using it for any sort of vice. And there's a McDonald's on every quarter. So I, I just remember, I kind of went back on that and was like, wow, I was in tune with the Holy Spirit. And therefore I could answer the call of the Holy Spirit. Whereas if I'm not in tune with the Holy Spirit, I can't even like pull that beacon out of all the noise in the world. So how could I possibly know how to follow the promptings of the Holy Spirit? And that's just what this virtue study really helped me be like, okay, if you want to be like somebody, you need to get to know them. And if I want to be like my perfect father and get to know him and be able to do his will, like I have to know him. Otherwise, all these virtues are utterly impossible because you might think you're being loving by turning your nose up at somebody and saying, well, I don't want to contribute to their vice, which could be, that is loving. That's how you love an alcoholic is by keeping them away from their vice. You know what I mean? By doing hard things like that. But how do you know which end of the spectrum you're being called to do if you're not in tune with your, with your Holy Father, you know? So the theological virtues are faith, hope, and charity. And they provide us with a foundation of behaving as a Christian should. These are all from the catechism. And then they bring us closer to the Holy, Holy Trinity. The cardinal virtues are temperance, prudence, justice, and courage. So seeking to have these virtues help us with self-control, habit forming in, according, in, in, accordan, in accordance <laughs> with faith and reason. So we acquire these by practice but are mostly helped along by grace. So it's a, it's a choice. But again, if you're not in tune with the Holy Spirit, then like you, you don't know what to practice, right? It would be like going to soccer practice and saying, I want to be a professional soccer player and having no coach and having no means of bettering your skill. Like if you're not practicing the skill right, it, you're not going to get better and more intuitive and that skill is not going to become more second nature. But if you have a coach, if you're watching videos, if you're going to camps, if you're constantly maybe even watching video of yourself and reanalyzing the things you're doing right and the things you're doing wrong, like a daily examine, then how do you, how are you going to become the athlete you want to be? So 
They, uh, St. Augustine, this is a quote they put in there. This is a really beautiful look at how the virtues should be with our life, in our life. So for if God is the supreme good of man, which we can't deny, it most assuredly follows since to seek the supreme good is to live rightly, that to live rightly is nothing other than to love God with your whole heart, with your whole soul, soul, and with your whole mind. This means that our love for him must be preserved whole and completely unblemished, which is the work of temperance, that it must not give way to misfortune, which is the work of fortitude, that it must not serve anyone but him, which is the work of justice, and finally, that it be vigilant in its discernment of things as to not be undermined gradually by trickery or deceit, and this is the work of prudence. And so it's just interesting that like the entire path to holiness involves these virtues. And I, I couldn't even tell you the amount of times I just thought I've never even prayed for that virtue. Like, Lord, have mercy on me. Jesus, help me out. Jesus, I trust in you. But I've never sat down in a temper tantrum with my kids and said, Lord, give me temperance. Please give me prudence. Please give me wisdom and understanding. You know what I mean? Like, I just rely on myself so much. So the very first one, and then we'll stop. And then I'll do the second one, and that will go on later. So faith is the theological virtue that helps us believe in God, his teachings, and his releva- uh, revelations. And I thought that was interesting because all of this is very hard to believe. But there's something in you that says, like, this is right. I remember when I was a fallen away Catholic I didn't, I never left the church. I was always in the church, but I was definitely like a little C Catholic and uh, very picky choosy, doing what I want, believing what I want. Didn't know any of the truths of our faith. And there was something just in me that was like, if I'm going to go to church, it's going to be a Catholic church. And I didn't understand why. And then as I've learned and pursued truth more, every question I've had I've found an answer and that answer has led me to the Catholic church. And that is why I continue to be Catholic. It's not that I'm Catholic because I was just born and raised that way. And that's the way that I am. It's because I truly believe that it's the one true church founded by Jesus Christ. And there is something about faith being this theological virtue that just helps us to understand. And if you've ever had those moments where like you're on your knees crying, maybe you've lost a family member, maybe something has happened. And you're heartbroken and, and every rational part of you is like, what kind of God would do this? Why isn't our default to say, God, give me faith because I don't have it. And it's impossible for me to have it without your grace. And I need the grace of that faith to carry me through because these are hard things to believe. This is a hard thing to endure, but give me the faith to believe in you and your teachings and what you've revealed to us. So we commit ourselves to God by faith to know and do his will. Faith requires hope and love, which is interesting how they all just intertwine with each other. Faith requires hope and love to fully unite us with Jesus and help us to be members of his body. And to keep faith alive, we have to say it, show it, and share it. And there's, I think it was... Let me see if they're in here. Okay, I highlighted one of the verses that they went over. It's 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 12. 
and therefore I suffer as I do, but I am not ashamed, for I know whom I believed, and I am sure that he is able to guard until that day what has been entrusted to me. And I just thought, I, I just listed out the things that were entrusted to me, like truly entrusted to me. Like I tell my kids all the time, you cannot control anybody in this world, but you can control your own actions. But then I thought, okay, my home is like my little monastery. It's my own little domestic church. It's my own little parish. You know, my husband's the priest, he's the head and, and I'm the mother of the church in this little area. And like, I've been entrusted these things. And it's crazy how much we can get out of our beautiful little places we've been entrusted to, to, to have dominion over really. And and just like freak out because we can't control the world and it makes us lose our faith. But in reality, like, God, thank you for allowing me to have faith and for allowing me to believe, to know that you're guarding what you've revealed to us, you know, all the things you've promised us, which include like what you've entrusted to my care. And I need to have faith that I'm equipped to live a life of virtue in the circumstances I've been placed in because God wouldn't have put me here if he didn't know that I was. Oh, and I also put, sorry, that was a long pause. It's, I was trying to read my handwriting. It says the Lord promises nothing but the fruits of heaven. And I just thought that was interesting because so often we get so upset if we're given any misfortune, but we're not guaranteed anything but heaven. As long as we follow God and know and love him with our whole heart and mind and soul, which is, feels impossible. Obviously it is without his grace, but it's, it's precisely in those moments where you feel like you're having everything stripped out from underneath you, where the world is crumbling and you think, why would a God, why would a good God do this? You have to remember, go back on that, that like what God has entrusted to me is my inheritance truly. And our inheritance as children of God is the kingdom of heaven. That's our inheritance. And that's all that's been entrusted to us, but that's also everything that's been entrusted to us. So when we're in despair and we're in these moments, crying out, God, please let me have faith is so powerful. But the remembrance of like, have me faith, ha give me faith that I remember and believe and in the fullness of faith, truly believe that I am an inherit, an inheritance earning child of or receiving child of God. And that might mean that the whole rest of the world is going to crumble around me. And it might mean that I die. Well, we all will die. It might mean that a family member dies. It might mean that horrible car crashes happen. It might mean all these bad things happen because promises of health and um, wellness and prosperity, that's not what we've been promised. And that's such a hard thing to grasp. But it's a really beautiful thing to grasp when you can hold on to it with faith. Here we go. Next page. Yep. 
Okay, I had to go through and read because I highlighted some stuff, but I didn't put any notes. And I think this is just really good to read verbatim. For those besought with questions about faith and God and his trueness and his goodness and his, the fact that he's even there or loves us, faith is a hard-earned choice, a conscious choice made many times deliberately over and over, deciding to suspend disbelief in the face of doubt. St. Mark's gospel, we cry, I believe, help my unbelief. Faith, then, becomes a signpost when we, where we return when we lose the path. Once upon a time, we found that trail marker, took a deep breath, and made the decision to accept it as real, to believe things unseen. Forever after, faith is a repeated decision to trust that signpost, to remember that I know whom I've believed, and I am sure that he is able to guard until that day what has been entrusted to me which is the second Timothy. And when doubt crowds in, when our senses argue that we're lost on a pointless journey, the signpost will reassure us. Jesus is more than a companion on this path. He's the architect architect, and the path itself. We can't see around the corner, but he's already there. His presence filling every curve, every switchback, every vista. He's the way as he is truth himself. So, Flipping through the pages. So just to kind of like wrap this up and end this little thing, man, I can talk for a long time. I'm like 29 minutes already. To wrap it up, I just, I want to remind you to, in like the times we're living in where things get crazy and life feels out of control and you think, surely there's no God because of this, or why would a good God let us do this? To just allow yourself to step back, remember your baptism, and call upon the graces of that and just say, Lord, give me faith. Give me the faith to believe. I'm not believing right now and give me the faith to believe. Give me my, give me the belief in you that I need. I think a, a beautiful way to go look at, to really be centered in the promises, just basic promises that like you're loved are to remember that, that God created all these animals and the trees and all these things out in nature to, they don't question where their next meal is coming from, where their nutrients are going to come from. They just, they just exist. You know, we obviously don't live that simply. We struggle with, um, disbelief and conflicting views and all these things. So next time you're struggling Walk outside, sit outside in silence for five minutes and literally just repeat, like, help me believe. Because you're going to have this perspective where you look at things and you think, maybe everything feels like it's crumbling right now. Maybe the world feels crazy. But, oh, I see, I see this dead tree in my backyard that now for close to 30 years probably, maybe even more, has come to like near death every winter and God brings it to life every summer. And maybe I'm just in a winter in my life, you know, or look at, you know, the, the beautiful Cardinal out there who is flying down when it's 13 degrees outside and getting a worm or a bug or something and how that bird when the temperature drops, doesn't freak out about its next meal. Um, 
And also that bird might, you know, get eaten by some other animal tomorrow. Who knows? They don't sit around worrying themselves about that because God created his creation good. And I trust that at the end of the day, I'm with faith, hope, love, all the virtues and really striving for holiness. I'll be in my father's house, you know, at the end of the day, the end of this life. So in the grand scheme of things, nothing else can matter more than my relationship with God. And so I think it's just like a beautiful point that they put at the end of it is um, that we know God for reason alone, yet in our fallen state, we need the help of his grace. And the, the end question just said, what can you see in this created world that points to God's existence, you know? And maybe you can find something like the dying tree that comes back or... I don't know, kittens or something. I don't know, whatever makes you happy, birds, something like that. And and just remember like, okay, God loves that bird and God loves me. God exists because of like, check out, I don't know, how intricately this flower was made or, oh man, a butterfly. Like they literally like dissolve into digestive juices when they're in a chrysalis, when they're in metamorphosis to the butterfly. So to think that a caterpillar completely digestively dissolves itself and then out of that becomes a beautiful butterfly like 10 days later, kind of mind-blowing to me. <laughs> so those kind of things, you know, maybe just sit down and just remember what reminds you that God exists. Basic things, very basic things. Just what reminds you that God exists when you're in a time of lack of faith? That's all I have. I think a child is across the house screaming that they need their butt wiped. I think. I have my bedroom door closed and I think that's what I'm hearing. So <laughs> we're going to go check that out. Um, next time we're going to talk about the Magnify 90. I'm going to try to record that one tonight and schedule it and get it put up. And then maybe we will do Hope in two weeks. So until then, my lovely friends, goodbye. This episode is over, but you can head over to holyhotmess.net and get any of the links or show notes for anything we talked about today. You can also head over to Instagram and find me at Heather Yar. That's Y-A-R-R underscore. So we can chat and be friends. 